My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. I, um, <laughs> I, always, I always get a little bit clumped when I start talking to people. And today I have the great privilege of talking with Paula Love. And Paula Love, with her name, is a relationship coach. And Paula Love, I went to Paula Love years ago, and Paula transformed my relationships, it is a key ingredient in how I transform my life. So I'm thrilled to have you here today, Paula. Just thrilled. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just delighted to be here with you. Yeah, yeah thank you. I, um, I, with a name like Paula Love, did, did, how did you get into relationship coaching? That's what I first want to know. <laughs> uh, I was in relationship coaching before I became Paula Love. Um, my parents were divorced when I was six at a time that people didn't really talk about divorce or how it affected the kids or anything like that. And I was just in sort of a quandary about, you know, how, how is it that after my parents had been married for 17 years and I didn't know that they weren't getting along. Mm. And, um, so sort of like, well, how does that happen? You've been together for 17 years. Did you not figure out before now that you didn't like each other? <laughs> like, what took you so long? And uh, so I found it very con confusing. And, um, you know, neither, my, neither of my parents were um, inclined to talk about it. And so uh, I was left to my own devices. So I started very early, like probably around 15, interviewing people who had been married for a long time. And, um, you know, it was just random. If I met somebody who had been married for a long time, I'd ask them if I could ask them questions. And um, I think I asked questions that were none of my business, but I, they were totally into it. And um, and so they would tell me things like, yeah, I would ask questions like, how long have you been together? How did you know this was the person for you? How quickly did you discover that? What keeps your marriage going? Have you ever thought about not being together? And what, you know, how did you do, how did you deal with that? Um, and that was sort of the, the, source of questions that I would ask. And I learned a lot from people about, you know, why they were still with the person they were with and what was meaningful to them about it and how they kept it alive. And, um, and that really had me start looking at and informing the relationships I had with others, because of course, I really had no um, role models. Mm. And what did, what, I'm just curious before, because I know you've done extensive training. You and I are both lifelong learners. Yes. And I'm curious, what did you learn from that? And how did it differ from what you learned through all of your, your journey? 
Well, it wasn't an academic study. You know, it's not like I was reading a lot of books, although I read articles in the paper and, you know, and magazines, but I never really took on any, any book, but I was always um, thinking in terms of, you know, sort of the fundamentals, like what kind of a relationship did I want? And I learned very quickly, for example, the, the fallacy of making a list of all the qualities you want in somebody because that's very limiting and we never truly know what it is that draws us to someone. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like what I just heard is that like, there's a mystery to this. It's what they call chemistry. So not just physical chemistry, but there's a whole gestalt of chemistry that you experience with people. Like, you know, that's why people fall in love with somebody like that they never expect to fall in love with, or somebody that's so different from them, and they and they just don't have a clue why this is the person, but they know this is the person. And so what I what I hear from my language, because the way I do it, it's almost like get out of your head and be open to see what strikes you. Yes. And it's sort of like, um, you know, one of the things that I heard in my many, many trainings was if you're paying attention to your body and where does your body want to move? Oh, God. <laughs> so I like to tell the story, although I'm sure he doesn't appreciate it all that much, that my husband and I, when, well, we knew each other in college, we were sweethearts in college. And then, but <clears throat> that didn't last long because he was shipped off to Vietnam. And then I went to San Francisco and that was the end of that. Um, but when we reconnected, my first thought upon seeing him again was, Oh, this is not somebody I'd ever choose. But I walked up to him to hug him hello. And that was it. Wow. It was the craziest thing. I hugged him and I went, oh my God, I'm home. And then I had this whole conversation in my head. Like, what? This isn't, really? No, <laughs> no, really? And how can I know that? And then I kept getting this answer, like, you know, not a verbal answer, but this knowing, like, no, this is this is your person. Oh wow, Paula, I love, <laughs> I love what your, um, what I say you're pointing to. That's my language. Is that people have a deep knowing? If you pay attention to it, it you you people do have a deep knowing. I absolutely knew that this was my guy and I tried to argue it. I don't know who I was arguing with, but my guides, I like to say it was my guides. And then I kept saying, are you sure? Because, you know, he isn't this and he's not that. And, you know, he truly had up to that point, maybe never had a really intimate conversation with anybody. <laughs> I'm only laughing because knowing you, I'm like, huh, you're the most intimate. <laughs> right? insane and then I there was just something like no he'll figure it out you don't even have to talk about it and that was true oh wow 
just like being around me. And I asked him one day, actually, like, well, something has really changed for you because I know that, you know, this was not an, a, an experience that you really had. And so how, how, why is it so easy for you now? And he said, I just listen to you a lot. <laughs> I go, well, that's nice to be listened to. <laughs> that, was, that was a bonus. But um, yeah, I just knew. And it was almost like I was hearing, you know, you really don't have any choice here because this is your person. So it's so funny when you say this, because I, you know, in my many, my many marriages and relationships, my first husband, I knew he wasn't right for me. And I talked myself into it and I let him talk myself into it, but I had such a deep knowing of like, no, this isn't, this isn't right. And I didn't listen. Yeah. And I'm not saying like I got a lot, like obviously it was right because I got the lessons and blah, blah, blah. But of course, of course, but it wasn't right in terms of this is my person forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's it is different. I, I knew with my with my ex-husband that um that it was gonna be a fabulous relationship until a certain point. And I knew when that point was, I said, when all of our parents are dead. Oh, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, that that will be it. Can I ask and, you a question? Do you think that relationships, like we live in a culture of marriage till death do you part. And I'm curious from your point of view, do you see relationships like have a natural beginning, middle and end, like they come to an end that's not a forever? that sometimes they serve something and then you're complete? I absolutely think that relationships serve something. And as long as you are on the same page with the same, with shared goals, you know, when you're both uh, attempting to co-create something that matters to you and you're both committed to that, that's when it's gonna survive, but it's only gonna survive until that changes. And have you seen in relationships that that thing that people are co-creating does change and then they adapt to that or that it's like, oh, no, we're complete? No, I think, I think really when, when you've got a really healthy relationship and things begin to change and you have intimacy, you're talking about what's changing for you. And your partner is in that conversation with you. And you're looking for like, how do we organize ourselves around you changing in this way? I mean, it's called differentiation. And it's a, a normal part of couple development. But it's hard for some people to organize themselves around because it feels threatening. Can you say more? I'm, I'm curious about what you're seeing there, like what you see. Oh, I think like, you know, they're in the beginning of a relationship when you're so madly in love and you want to spend every single moment together. And it's a very romantic, very fulfilling time. And then as you become more habituated to each other and you're living your life, you know, one partner may be interested in doing something different, yeah. whether it's, you know, like, uh, for some women, it could be something as as basic as I want to get a driver's license. I've mean, seen that become a problem. 
um, to, you know, I, I think, you know, I've been working in a corporation for a long time. I think what I want to do is become a public figure and I'm going to run for public office, which is a huge shift in a relationship and takes a lot of organizing around. Well, you know, it's really strikes me because from the world that we've talked about, the world that I teach in, um, like we have habits of thinking about people and we get locked in the way we see them. And what you're pointing to from my perspective is like you have to be willing to see the person freshly. You have to be able to see them different than how you know them. Every day. Oh, wow. Every day, I think that that's what intimacy is, that the moment I begin to think about something different, we're sharing that. This is my partner. I'm going to say, I can feel something shifting in me. I want to talk with you about it. I want you to hear about it. And I want to hear what you think about it. Oh, God. Paula, I, I, um, I'm getting chills as you're speaking about that. In fact, I may even get teary because... It speaks to that human beings were this evolving system. The truth of, it speaks to the truth of who we are. We're this evolving system, this evolving consciousness, and that we understand that. So we go into the relationship where both parties understand it, that we're not these fixed things and we're going to be this way in 10 years from now. Really, that's so important because so many people think that once they say I do, now we're locked in and here's the way our lives are going to be. And they're always gonna, it's always gonna be like this. And there's no room for people to grow and shift and change and, you know, and keeping up with each other. And people get uncomfortable as things start shifting. You know, unless they, unless you already anticipate, like, of course that's gonna happen. And I think, I mean, from my own experience, like human beings, anytime there's anything new, like I say, if you put like the dogs barking, um, anytime you put a watch on one hand, you get used to it. The minute you change it to the other hand, it's going to take a little time because we just get patterns and ways of being interpreting life and energy, but we can adapt. There's, it's not a big, scary thing if we understand it. Exactly. And as long as we have a, as a value in our relationship, that we're adaptive, we're flexible, we're always looking for um, a way for both of us to be fulfilled. Wow. Do you see a lot of people understand that or don't understand that? I think a lot of people don't understand that. And that's part of the work that I do with people is really um, exploring what about that is threatening and, um, and then how do you how do you talk about those kinds of things that could be threatening to your way of being now? But if you talk about them, you can find a solution that's gonna take care of both of you. Oh God, that's beautiful. Well, there's a couple of things that are really hard, you know, to take on, like for example, you know, monogamy, not monogamy. If that comes up in the middle of your relationship, there might have to be some really hard work. Um, there's also what happens if there's betrayal. Yeah. And how do you work around that? There's there's also, you know, suddenly somebody taking a big left-hand turn. You know, they suddenly want a whole different kind of life. Um, 
those are things that you can work with. The other, and the other one that's really hard is um, children, no children. It's interesting to see. Um, I, I think this is where, like, knowing yourself in a relationship would be really useful. Yes. Then thank you for saying that. Because one of the first things that I do with people is have them really get clear on uh, this is who I am. This is what I stand for. Here's what I care about. These are the things that are important to me. These are non-negotiables. Like, I, I can't live with this. Not, I don't like that, but this, this would be intolerable. Yeah, it's like, I, I guess as human beings, I mean, I know my experience comes from my own thinking. So I know I can tolerate anything. <laughs> Very and, Well, I can, you know, given like there are things that I've done, you know, when somebody's poking a needle in my eye, I'm like, I don't want this, but I can be okay with it because it's what needs to have happen. But what you're pointing to and that I love is that we're human beings and we get to choose what we want. So like, I would never want to be a, with a smoker. Like, it's just, I get to choose. And if somebody wanted to start smoking, that would probably, like, that's not what I would ever choose in my life. Right. Right. So that's, that's a, that would be a standard that would be, you know, like, you can't break it. This is a standard I don't budge on. Right. It doesn't mean that I can't love you, but I don't know that I would want to be with you. Right. I, yes. I'm not going to live in the same house. Right. If you're smoking, or if you have any other addiction for a, possibly, I don't know, you know, but it's, it's something we get to talk about. Well, that's really interesting because I think that that's where it's like, what's the non, and I think that it's not like I have a list, but it comes up when I know it, like when I try on shoes, like what you said, the knowing, like if I'm really paying attention to it, I kind of know what's a deal breaker for me. Right. You don't want to pinch your toes. No. <laughs> Even though the shoes look really good. They're so gorgeous. <laughs> They're so gorgeous. I've yes, I've tried it both ways and it's not worth it. <laughs> the, the thing that I um we've had conversations about relationships, and the one of the things that I love that you said about what a relationship is great for is being seen fully being seen and fully being heard. And can you share more about that? Well, fundamentally, this is my belief, is that we all really just want to be seen and heard. And um, it, it, first of all, it makes us feel safe with the other person. We know we can say or express ourselves about anything that's important to us. Um, and have somebody actually hear that and have it matter to them. And, um, and so that also takes care of feelings belonging and having value, which I think are like, uh, as um, Mandy Blake in her book, which I am now forgetting the title of, Amanda Blake, um, but she has really taken a look at neurology and, um, and who we are. And she has identified these three, what she calls nutrients of life, which is safety, belonging, and dignity, 
or knowing that you have value. So when, when you're with someone who wants to see you, wants to hear what you have to say, cares about it, even elicits it or solicits it, solicits it from you, it takes care of those three nutrients. It's interesting. I, I, um, cause we talk about relationships with just not intimate, but familial, you know, yeah. so I've struggled with my daughter cause she is, is, I think this is the perception that she's different than I am. And we physically like different things. Like I'm a minimalist. She's likes a lot of stuff. Um, I like black and white. She likes color. Now she, she is, is she's willing to cut her and shave her head and wear different socks. And I'm like, oh no, everything must match. And what I see is that I can get caught in my thinking about the personality of the person. And what I see you're pointing to is seeing the soul of the human being. Yes, but you do that too, Anna. I do when I do. And then when I don't, it's really ugly and it causes, um, it causes discord because I stop seeing the person and I want the form, the personality to be a certain way so I can love them. But I think when you really look at somebody and really seeing them, you're looking at the soul of who they are. Yes, and I, I actually learned that in my previous marriage. I thought I knew it. Mm -hmm. I really learned it in my previous marriage because I realized how invested I was. Keep going. I'm just and, Okay, how invested I was in having my husband look, dress, behave in the way that I thought you know, he should. Yeah. I mean, I had a certain, I had a certain image of him and I really kind of wanted that to continue. And so, I mean, the first um, piece of differentiation was, you know, he wanted to get an earring and grow a ponytail and we were corporate and that didn't fit my corporate image. And I balked about it instead of just letting him be who he was. And that is not the way to make somebody feel loved. Mm. It's like saying to them, I don't see you. I don't want to see you. I want to see you the way I want to see you, not the way you are. Mm. And I want you to do the things I want you to do, not you do the things that take care of you. Mm. I mean, how limited and unloving that was and that was a huge lesson for me that has really informed my work god i just i just feel the generosity of spirit of loving somebody for their soul and who they are and letting them letting them be who they're designed whoever whatever they want to do that's so much i mean i so agree with that as you know because we've certainly talked about this but there's a there's a, a thing about um, just letting a person unfold in front of you, and um, and and just letting them be who they are. That comes back to um, be to nurture you. It's just it's just a mutual nurturing 
to let somebody be who they are and to encourage them to be who they are and to love them as they are. What, what I feel like is this, um, um, God, I, I feel, Paula, when you're saying that, it's like I can feel the magic of this energy that comes through us, this, you know, this spiritual energy or source energy, it comes through and then it gets to be expressed just the way that it wants to be expressed without anybody telling it what it should or shouldn't be, like what freedom that is. Yeah, I, it, it really is. And it's, um, there's something about allowing your partner as much freedom as they want to have, you know, within the, within the definition, what you've defined for yourselves as this is what our marriage is until we change, until we decide it wants to be something different, but that we make room for that when we have conversations about it and we don't get in the way of that. You know, what I just heard in what you just said, and I had never seen this, is that um, a marriage is a made-up creation. Like we make it up and we get to create it. And it's this living, breathing thing that we get to redefine and get to make and be whatever we really want it to be. But I don't think people see, I didn't see that till right now. It's like, I think it's this thing, it's static and it's there and that's the end of it. But it's like, it's, it's like tissue that gets to grow and expand and shift and become different colors or whatever we want it to be. Yeah, it really, I mean, really that's the definition of a living thing, right? And we want our marriages to be alive and our relationships to be alive. And what encourages that more than to be saying to somebody basically, who are you today? Tell me about your heart. Oh, wow. Tell me about your longings. <laughs> well, I just, I also see, because it's a living thing, it's like the energy I bring to the relationship is what matters. And am I, am I watering it? Am I caring for it? Am I tending to it? Or do I think it's a book and I can just throw it and I don't do anything with it? Which is why people are always complaining about being taken for granted. <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I know you. You're going to be the same today as you were yesterday. Right. And they can't see that they're in their own thinking. They're not really looking at the person. Right. Yes, they're nurturing their idea of what their relationship is or their idea of who their partner is without like really stepping back and going, you're whoever you want to be. And I'm going to support that even if it means that I have to let you go. Oh. <laughs> and what I love about you is you do it letting it go from a place of love for both of you. Not like it's not horribly painful and heartbreaking, let me say. Yeah. But, but if you, you know, it's like I think about that, what was it, Fritz Perls, who said if you, if you really love something, let it go. Yeah. If it's good for you, it'll come back. Yeah. It's like I, you know, I had to recognize in, in my last marriage, like there was a point at which our paths were going to um, diverge. And I couldn't stop it. And I could either be angry and miserable, oh, which I was for a while, by the way. Um, but, <laughs> but ultimately, it was sort of like, it had to happen. 
otherwise we were going to put each other in a box, mm. you know, of, of expectation and failed, fulfilling, not fulfilling and ending up miserable anyway. So. Oh, wow. Let's just oh, make wow. it simple. Oh God, Paula. I, I, my wish is that more people could experience relationships like the one, the way you're talking about it. Like what, like, because they're so juicy. It's so fun and so rewarding. <laughs> there's, and there's only one drawback in all of this, as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, one of the things that I um, have lamented about on occasion is there's so little drama. Mm. <laughs> There's a little drama. So people go, well, how are you guys doing? And the answer is, well, we're doing great. Yeah. But that's, what a gift. I'm not complaining, believe me. Oh, my God, what a gift. What a true gift. All right, we are coming to the end. And I, um, I want to support you and I want people to find you. And if they want to find you, how do they find you and how do they connect with you? Well, go to my website, which is www.paulaloveconsulting.com. And um, you can read whatever is there. There's several different iterations, some for people who are looking for relationship and haven't found it yet. Others who are in relationship, but somehow something needs to get worked out. Um, and there's a little corporate piece too, but my heart and soul are really about love. Yeah. And, and I can swear by you, I can give you a hundred percent. Yes, she works, it works. <laughs> that, that means a lot coming from you, Anna. Thank oh, you. Oh God, I love this, Paula. I cannot thank you enough. And all of Paula's information will be up on the websites or the on the podcast, however that works. So look for that. And I just can't thank you enough. Thank you. It's been delightful, as usual. 